<laughs> Welcome to another episode of Talk Shit Crew. I'm your boy JV. It's your girl Sandra. And we have some beautiful and intelligent guests with us today. We have Ife. Did I say it right? Yes, he did. Okay, that's our neighborhood Nigerian. <laughs> um, she's one of my co-workers that um, we met at work we had great conversations and um, definitely respect her mindset and what she brings to the table not only at work but in our friendship so I'm glad to have you on this podcast and um, you know tell the people a little bit about yourself I know you're not just Nigerian you, you're a bunch of different things well yes um, I was born in Japan partly raised in Brazil and moved to the U.S. My parents are Nigerian. Um, I'm one of five. Okay. The only, the youngest and the only one married. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I love to travel. I love um, being around people that give me energy. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to be here. Awesome. Well, awesome. glad to have you. Definitely glad to have you. And we have our resident uh, marriage and family therapist, hey, aka the counselor to the streets, <laughs> Mr. Jonathan Gustav, Jono the Giant. How you doing today? Man, we're here, man. I'm blessed. I can't complain. Glad to be back on. Let's get it. For sure. We appreciate both of you being on for our last episode of the first season of Talk Shit Crew. So we're definitely going to make sure we go out with a bang. And to start us off, let's start with our free smoke. Is anything that annoyed you or made you mad throughout the week? I know that we had a lot of stuff that made us upset throughout this week. So uh, let's start with our guest, Ife. What did you have for us? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, with this whole COVID-19 situation, people still got the mask and the gloves <laughs> and all that stuff going on. Um, I went to get gas the other day and... I mainly pay for things in cash, so I went into the gas station to pay for the gas, mm -hmm. and there was a guy that was looking at me. He had his mask on and his gloves on or whatever, but I wasn't paying him any mind. I was just waiting to pay for my gas. So he went around the aisle and then proceeded to come behind me and tap me with his glove on. With his glove on. And he's like, and I kind of like did one of these like because i was like may i help you and like he was like <laughs> he was just like ma'am um he's like you know you're beautiful what's your name can i take you and he took off his glove and try he's like my name is and try to shake my oh so from wow. unhealthy to healthy okay i got you right. <laughs> i'm like you did everything backwards no good yeah, did you have your mask on uh, yes, I, I had my mask on. He had his mask on, and he proceeded to tell me, "He's like, trust me, I don't have anything." That's why he Wait. took his glove to try to shake my hand. And I'm like, "Who are you to for wow. me to have any like trust or faith?" <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I'm just like, you know, I, I understand the importance of of us needing to wear our mask and our gloves in certain times, but 
at the same time, like, be mindful of the people around you, you know? Like, that was just so annoying to me. And stop wearing your, your mask in your car, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I be looking at people, I be like, what are you doing right now? You don't want to in the car. You're going to give it to yourself in the car. Yeah, we definitely had that free smoke before, so. Definitely. Jono, what you got for me? Man, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm tired of these masks, yo. I'm so over these these masks. I'm going to the store. I'm I'm just trying to go to Publix, get in and get out. And it's like, you know, they hunt you down to go get your mask. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah. So I, I'm I'm really just I, I know. I mean, I'm not a healthcare professional. You know, I don't know about the science. My wife be getting on me on that stuff driving me crazy with this mask stuff but listen man i'm tired of the masks i'm just tired of them man i'm I, i'm really just tired of wearing these masks every single place that i go okay well, can't even breathe i can't breathe in the mask man i just it's like you know but uh, whatever the way nowadays looking you can't breathe on your own either so my goodness <laughs> sandra what's Help up with smoke you already know the death of george floyd that's that's what hit me hard um just to see this man you know be killed Mm -hmm. just like that um definitely hit me hard i mean that's about it for this week it's definitely that um yeah as far as the mask i went protesting yesterday and imagine you screaming like no justice peace like keep screaming that mm-hmm. and it was hot oh my yep. goodness. i was dying that's the sacrifices you gotta make dying. to stand up for your morals right your I was dying. so trust me i understand what you're saying about the mask and half of these cops weren't wearing masks yeah exactly right you know what i'm saying so yeah it's just like okay corona gone <laughs> right for now, for now it is. For now it is. Well, exactly, right? <laughs> right, because we haven't heard about that. Like, I, I yeah. know so far it's like a hundred and over a hundred thousand people that has passed, but we ain't really talking about it, so. For sure, for sure. Um, My free smoke for this week um, happened recently, and it's probably going to take an explanation from someone else other than myself. My free smoke is my co-host, Sandra. Yes, you. Yeah, you. Um, the reason why you have my free smoke is because I shared in our group text that when it comes to the protesting, especially the rioting, that for me, that's not my place in, um, society or, uh, in this matter with George Floyd. And for some reason you took it upon yourself to ridicule me she got her she took a violin out yeah 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 so i I just i just want to know what what like what were you thinking when i said what i said and what grievances or problems do you have i mean get it off your chest i'm here so okay so since we want to go there um no what you said Mm -hmm. first of all he said oh why they still protesting they arrested the man right and i'm like so you think that's it like oh they arrested one cop not the other three and you think they're not they're just gonna stop it it doesn't work like that that's one Mm -hmm. the other one you're like um 
um, the looting, there's got to be some solution. Protesting, looting, obviously it's not going to change anything. Got to be other solution. I'm like, mm-hmm. what other solution? We got to, you know, speak our voice. We got to, you know, let them know, like, this. We, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't just stop and be like, oh, well, they arrested the guy. And it's over. No, it, it, it doesn't work like this at all. It's just going to get worse and worse. And we have to say something about it. And, and for you, I mean, you saying what we need another solution and you didn't even explain what solution we should, you know, do or right. have. Right. So that's why I sent you a lot of different, like, you know, um, stuff on social media so you can understand what I mean, why protesting and i told you that as far as the looting you got to understand not everybody is looting half of these people that's looting you think they're for us they just doing it they're not even they're mad especially with the white people that's looting Mm -hmm. they're taking advantage they're mad because we're doing this we're speaking up right they're not they're not part of the protesting that's a totally different they're totally different. Half of the people that are protesting in Minnesota, they're not even from Minnesota. They're outside of they're from outside of the state. When they get arrested and find out like, wait, you're not even from here. Why are you here? Right. So that's why I feel like some some of this this shit that's going on is planned. Mm-hmm. Because it's just it doesn't make no sense. Okay. And I, after all we'll, this, we got more. Go yeah, and after all these, these three, I'm just because I'm watching CNN right now. Oh, these three cops, they're still not arrested. Right, wait, you you taking away my point? You taking away my point? Okay. Now. So from we, we had this conversation late Friday. Yeah. Right. So from Friday night, your evening, to Sunday now, what has changed? So let's Nothing. move on that's to our next. That's why we gotta keep oh, going. Okay. Uh, uh, that's, that's why. So the point I'm trying to make, and, and the I, chief, the chief, a real, even oh, the chief okay. of Minnesota. Hold on. No, no, she, smile. She even said it. <laughs> she even said it like they need to be arrested, but it's not. It's not his job. He can't say so. Oh, it gotta be mm-hmm. somebody, you know, whatever, have to arrest these cops. Mm-hmm. And I, so it's not stop. Right, and and I, I want to say that I understand why the protests have to happen. And I understand why the, the rioting and looting is happening. I explained that to you. But, of course, you didn't hear that part because you heard the one thing that you wanted to hear. Then you started to send me article upon article of stuff for me to read. And you he's didn't. talking about all the looting, all that. And then he's like, the next day, he's like, hey, they're going to hit up Aventura Mall because I'm around that area. Yeah, I just. I'm just trying to get a new Apple Watch. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh my goodness! Like, that, that, I'm, I, I ain't gonna lie, I need an Apple Watch. Too, now, what you want? Don't, I got you. When it, when it, <laughs> when the alert hit, I got you. I ain't gonna you. lie, I need the Apple Watch. Okay. Well, I, the same that I heard today: mm-hmm. black people created protesting, white people created looting and riots. Okay. We're just gonna so, leave it, we're gonna leave it at that, and yeah. I'll explain further as we get along in the episode. So, as far as what's everything besides the rioting and looting, what else stood out to you this week that um, I guess you know had an impact on your life or uh, or whatnot? Impact? Oh, okay. Um, 
I mean, just have to explain to my daughter what's going on. Right. Like, you know, she see me watching the news and and she's seeing all this, you know, protest. She, you know, this is new to her. You right. know what I'm saying? For me to explain to her, I'm like, don't worry. You're going to learn about this. I'm sure, like, probably in high school, you're going to learn. This is going to be in your history book. So just like watch version. <laughs> Just explain to her what is going on because we went from Corona to this shit. You know what I'm saying? That's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, right. And you didn't. It's just so much information, especially to tell her. She's only seven years old. So it's like, why everything can't be did you, normal? Did you take her? Did you take? Did you take her to the protest with you? No. Oh, no. Well, yeah, it, it did get a little crazy at the and end. It was, it was hot. And we was walking from Bitch Gang close to the expressway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She wouldn't, she wouldn't make it. She wouldn't, yeah, she wouldn't make it. It was too hot. So did you... Like, even the golfing game, she'd be complaining. So I know. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't make it. She so you didn't, it. You, didn't explain, you didn't explain to her why um, Luda beat Nelly in the versus battle? You didn't explain that? Why Nelly's Wi-Fi was messed up? She don't... She don't... She oh, don't okay, okay. Did you witness that, that slaughter? You can't hear me? I don't know. I, my Wi-Fi works fine. That is a long pause. That is a long pause. Let's talk about this. Oh, okay. We can talk. We can talk about battle like what one twelve and and, and jacket edge, which I won. One twelve did win, so I got that right. What else? Did you guys watch any? Did you guys um watch the gospel battle today? No, I ain't watching uh, anything. You ain't watching nothing. I haven't. Wa- I, I haven't been keeping up with any of that stuff. I tuned in a little bit, like in and out, because you know yeah. the news. Yeah, in and out. Any, you feel you didn't watch the, the battle? But it wasn't. It wasn't a battle. It was just like Benny Man. They was all in the same room or studio playing music. And they songs, yeah. Okay. 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 You guys are adding a lot of content right now for this um, section. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm just not into that. Just you know, with the George um, George Floyd situation, that's like the main event like for, for sure. sure so let's just let's get right back um jump right into it you know um Ife did talk about how you know she's the only one in her family up uh, in her as far as her siblings that is married um and i know that you're married to a non-black person so Correct. you're in an interracial interracial relationship um so with everything going on how does that you know play out how does that affect your relationship like you know, are you mad at your husband? Is your husband asking you questions? Like, you know, give us the scoop. Yeah, that's a great question. Where he's from? He's Italian and Dominican. Oh, okay. wow. Oh, damn. He, he, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, man, it's it's so interesting because even before this, we went, we went on a long walk and, and we had a talk just about what's going on. He's like, I feel like. Oh, long walks. <laughs> Where else we gonna go? Exactly. <laughs> no, she said okay. so, we had um we had some really good conversation today. Just even um you know, he was asking me like what I felt about everything, what my thoughts are, even him trying to figure out like what does what does justice even look like, right? Mm, that's a very good question. That's a very he's never, good question. He's, he's 
raised in a home where both families have loved him and taken care of him and so he's never experienced anything traumatic to even know mm. the the level of i don't know of seriousness i guess this is you know and um for him he just doesn't really he said that so i was telling him he's like do you feel like i am a safe place to, to talk about these things because i'm not black you know and and i told him i'm like you know you're you're my best friend you're one of my best friends so i i definitely feel safe talking about it with you but i, I want i want to make sure that you understand you know he's like and i want to be able to do that he's like because I, there's a disconnect right like he just doesn't know and so for him he's like if they're trying to, if they're, if, if black people are trying to have their voice heard, why are they breaking into places and burning things up in their own neighborhood? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense, you know. So, he he he's like, you're you're trying to fight for equality, but yet you're burning down your neighbor's business. Uh, business, you know, like how 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 is that equality when there's so much division amongst the black? Yeah. And so, um. You know, I was just trying to help him understand that when people are hurt, sometimes their only way of reacting is through violence when yeah. they don't feel like the, the peaceful way of going about things are heard. True. And so kind of, you know, to what Sandra was saying earlier, like a lot of people result to other things because they don't know what else to result to. And so, um, yeah, it's just really interesting because we were even mm. talking about, okay, when we have children, how are we going to be able to explain this to them? Your children are going to be black, by the way, yeah. so just to let you know. Mm, I gave it a pep talk, you know. Yeah, they're going to be black. If you ain't all white, you black. Got it. But I was just sharing with him, you know, I think it's important kind of like one thing that I really, really appreciate about my upbringing is that my family always told us to look at the heart and not the color because living in Japan, we yeah. were the, we've always been the minority because we like, we really haven't lived in a place where there has been many black people. Japan is all Asian. You don't even really see like blondes or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's no black people there. Brazil, there are black Brazilians, but in, in the place, um, Brasilia, which is the capital where we lived, there weren't a lot of black Brazilians. So again, we were the minority. Hmm. You know, and so even with that, like people people loved us and a part of that was because of who my dad was, but it was also because just the way that we loved. You know, and so my my family always told us like the way that you really show your you really show love is like through your heart to people we don't look at the color you know and and my dad has stories of of different fights that he has had to go through being a, a nigerian ambassador in representing nigeria in these different countries it, it was hard for him you know but he he never unleashed that wrath of how he felt towards people that were racist towards him to us mm. You know, so for him, it was like, you guys still need to show people's heart, show your heart to other people and not, you know, the, the anger that, that may come when I come home with whatever went on, you know, that we really didn't even know about until a couple of years ago. Wow. So it's, it's really interesting. I think one thing that, that helped a lot was the fact that he brought a lot of people into our home. 
you know, so it wasn't like, oh, this person is okay because they're our color or this person is not okay because they're not our color. And so a part of this whole thing, I feel like, and you guys can, you know, kind of chime in on this thought, but I do feel like it does, it does have to do with the foundation of the upbringing, you know, with, with parents and, and how they decide to portray, like how, how Sandra was saying, like, how do I explain this to my daughter? You know, she's seven years old. So how, how do you explain that to, to show that, okay, not all cops are bad cops or not all white people are racist, you know, like how, how do you, how do you do that? That's, mm-hmm. that's hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that one thing um, that me and my husband have realized is that as black people from the beginning of time, we were never, we were never set up in, in, in this world or let me not say in this world, at least in America, right? Like the original intent was not, was for us to come and build things up. So we were never meant to be up here because the original intent starting from slavery was us to be down here. So it's so hard to be able to fight for something up here when we were never, the the makeup or the, the, the design was not for us to be up here. And, and so that is, what is so unfortunate, you know, with, with today, Um, (laughs) I could say so much more, but yeah. No, I mean, you're here to speak and you said some very profound things. Um, and I I just want to ask John, as far as what she was saying about family foundation, because it seems like her father still had hope that, uh, equality was something that he wanted his kids to hope for. So as far as foundation and what Sandra was talking about her seven year old, how do we, how do we how do we show our kids different than what we're experiencing in the world? Well, one thing that Ife said that really stuck out to me off those lines um, when it comes to the upbringing, what sparked my mind was that, okay, we know, we always hear about generational wealth. What is generational wealth? It's something that's passed down, money, finances, assets that are passed down from generation to generation. And in the same breath, there are cognitive disorders like racism that are passed down from generation to generation. There's mindset. There are core values that are passed down from generation to generation. So when Ife, when you spoke about like, you know, the upbringing and what you saw, not just what your dad told you. And I think that's something that is very critical because a lot of times there's this do as I say and not as I do type of mindset. Mm-hmm. It is very critical that your dad not just told you guys, okay, don't look at color, look at the heart, but it was very important for him to model that. And he modeled that by allowing different type of ethnicities and different type of people to come into your home. Yeah. So now what ends up transpiring is that as an adult, you take that with you as a person and you're able to see this whole George... Floyd situation and Trayvon Martin and all these different situations from a different perspective because of what you saw, not just what you heard and what you saw. So to go back to what you're saying, Jerry, I believe that at the end of the day, we got to change our value system as individuals. We have to change. Like there's certain things that we do. There's certain things that we partake in. And I know it's fun. I know certain things may be fun or they may be funny, but I think we got to get a little bit more serious if we're talking about 
teaching the next generation um, what to do or how to be as far as blacks are concerned. Because I think one thing that we do not understand or we don't realize is that we have more power than we think. Mm. And I'm not talking about like just peaceful protests. I'm not talking about rioting. Like if we got our money together as black people, bruh, if we got our money together as black people, we'll be in a totally different category. Why? Because with money comes influence. Right. And then with influence comes changing of laws. Right. We this may not happen in our lifetime though. But it can't happen for the next generation because what right. you know what people don't understand is that when you're fighting against the system, like the system has so many barriers, so many walls, it's going to take maybe two lifetimes before you can each actually break through. So I understand from a mental health standpoint. People are upset. People are tired. People are angry. It's like, yo, this shit gotta stop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it gotta stop. I, 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 I feel it 100%. But if you really want to stop, there needs to be major change at a micro level. Right. right. It's not gonna happen the way we're doing it right now. It's, it's, it's not gonna like if you if you look at the history of the civil rights movement when Dr. King, these guys boycotted the bus system the reason why they got the government's attention because the bus system was making money and they lost all the black people's money so now the government's like yo hey we got to hear them out because it's hurting our pockets if you really want to do something yo we got it i see you know i see the stuff you know I, i'm on facebook i see the whole blackout thing you know don't buy this for a day listen we got to do that for the rest of our lives. All of us create our brands. We buy each other's clothes. We buy each other's products. We do those types of different things. I promise you. I promise you. That's going to do something. Doing it for a day, doing it for a week, doing it for a year, it's not going to do anything. It's really not. Because they got that generational wealth. Exactly. And where they got the generational wealth? From us. Right. Right. So one thing that um really stood out to me with the protests that I appreciate, and I think did help me see uh change start to happen um was that there was a lot more than black people in the protests and sandra you could probably talk to that because you were actually there but i actually saw like white people spanish people other yeah. races partaking like how did that feel what did you see yeah i felt like you know like, it's like going to the heat game who you gonna see more at the heat? <laughs> you're right Exactly. But, but, were like, you, but were you shocked? Oh Weren't you shocked? Huh? Weren't you shocked that you saw that? No, I wasn't shocked because I was like, "This is downtown Miami." Mm, okay. Dumb, dumb niggas not gonna go downtown. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to go to Miami Gardens. <laughs> Miami Gardens. They, they, yo. <laughs> nah, Miami Gardens. I think they shut all the streets down. They said they they didn't want nobody looting. They had to protect the um the monuments in Miami Gardens, like Burlington Co Factory. Raw, uh, church's chicken. They had to make my, sure. Oh my God. No, but let me tell you, my sister, she works in higher retail, and today she was passing through Miami Design District. Yeah. And they either they have their the the um they have borders up mm-hmm. for some of the stores, or they <laughs> all the merchandise. You know what I told you yesterday. I'm like, yo, I don't see them yeah. in Miami District because at all. Yo, them boys. 
they blocked off the beach too. Like then you ain't, you can't get on the beach yeah. right now. Yeah, they're not gonna open the beach anymore. Yeah. Well, not anymore, but at least this week. This- so I do want to piggyback off of what Jonna was saying before because I think education is definitely important. If if you're not informed on what's going on, then it's gonna be hard for you to even like protest with a purpose right like some people are just doing it because they they feel like they, they want to have a purpose but anyway um you, you had mentioned about finances and and just the importance of that and it's so interesting because the other day i was having a conversation it was actually my husband and i and another couple of ours that we're best friends with they're both black and and he asked like you know just their thoughts on everything and one thing um that the wife said which was so true was that you know if you look around because they're looking to move right so mm-hmm. they they um go to different cities and, and look at houses and they said it's so interesting because even from the the landmarks and in different things the the different types of businesses placed in black neighborhoods versus white neighborhoods are so different yeah like, absolutely black neighborhoods Check cashing stores. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Popeyes. Yep, yep. Um, yep. you know, KFC. Yeah. But you go to bl- <laughs> then you go to black neighborhoods, I mean white neighborhoods, right, yeah. and then you have the, the Bank of America. Your Joe's Whole Foods. You won't ever see a Whole Foods in Sishunk. Like, yeah. but why is that? Yeah. And then you want to start talking about like you know the health of the black community but what are you doing to help that you know mm-hmm. like it's just right. it's a lot that's why all the milk be spoiled at the stopping shop <laughs> definitely right buy milk there. Uh, yeah um, i mean another i have a, i'm no, sorry no go ahead. another comment i have um as far as what you were saying about the wealth and us is we're like you know spending our money and maybe if we should stop spending our money on them it would say something but me personally i don't think it has nothing to do with police brutality you get what i'm saying this is okay Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying this Mm -hmm. is not that's not gonna change a a a white man to beat up what's gonna stop it when it comes to wealth though right so what i what i mentioned that's just one part of it Okay. But there's another way that you can stop the police brutality. And Jerry, I think you remember this. There was a couple of years ago, well, like two two years in a row, I spoke at the Trayvon Martin Foundation, right? Yes, yes. And then there was this man that came and he spoke about finances. He's from like uh, Wall Street, all this, whatever, you know, New York Life Insurance, something like that. Right. So he, a black man came and he spoke and he said, you know what? It is. He just put numbers. Uh, men incarcerated, uh, people being killed by police brutality, so on and so forth. And he said that if we really wanted to stop this situation, every black person, every black family needs to be educated on Hold on. life insurance. You're going to have to Wait. repeat that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, had a, we had a little little uh, technical difficulty. Like, yeah, you was, you, was, you was acting like uh, Teddy Riley for a oh, second. Okay. <laughs> the last part you guys heard. He said he put some. No, no, you like. Yeah, yeah, little stroke on live. He was talking about if he had um he had different numbers about men incarcerated. Yeah, police. Yeah, different numbers of yeah men incarcerated. Uh, oh, there we go again. Oh. Uh, people who were victims of police brutality. Okay. Um, the killing. Uh, it's good. 
It's good. Your wife, can you check your Wi-Fi? <laughs> my Wi-Fi good. That's my Wi-Fi good. Hold up. My Wi-Fi, my Wi-Fi, I connected secured. I don't know. Pay that bill. Okay. Connected and secured. Okay. Connected and secured. Yeah, I don't know what's going on okay, here. Okay, now it's good. Don't want me to get. Don't want me to get it out. It don't okay. want me to get it out. That's you what got, it is. You put up the numbers and then. Yeah, you put up the numbers, right? So what he said, he's like, if every black person. If every black family was educated on life insurance, mm -hmm. understood what life insurance was, and every black person had a one million dollar life insurance policy, which is not expensive, right? It could be like twenty five dollars a month. Then, when all these black people are getting killed, their insurance companies are going to go crazy, and they're going to say, "Stop it!" Because we're giving out a million dollars for every single black person that is dying. Well, there's multiple ways of really handling this situation, but it's going to take us to really be informed. Right. It's going to take a lot of education. Right. Um, I'm sure there's multiple ways. Like, we live in 2020, man. Don't you guys know black lawyers? <laughs> yeah. we have. The, I feel like we have the resources. You know, right. I just think that many of us are not really, like, getting in depth with it i understand like okay everybody has their lives and stuff but right. i mean it takes it takes some sacrifice man it takes some things some adjustments that need to be made if we really want long lasting change yeah you know, and, and what i liked about that example was because when you hit the i want to say the other side right financially like that so if you had 30 people that were wrongfully killed this year from police brutality that's 30 million dollars that any life insurance company or companies would be paying. They're, and a lot of life insurance companies have a lot of stockholders, right? You're going to start losing your money in Wall Street. And Wall Street is going to start sending out quotas to local governments. Like, I think you guys need to chill because it's starting to hurt our bottom line, right? That we need to, we need to protect our investments. And that was a profound example because a lot of Asian Middle Eastern oh, yeah, family. Asian, Middle Eastern, yeah, they on that. That's heavy. what they do. They, they that's pass, how they get their businesses. Exactly, they pass along their businesses and they protect their estates with life insurance. So, mm -hmm. if imagine you live in Liberty City, but Grandma she got a ten million dollar life insurance policy because she started it back in the civil rights times. Mm -hmm. When right. she dies, that family automatically becomes rich. Yeah, yeah, right there. That's Boom. ten million dollars just because, she, and she died from whatever she died from most likely a pre-existing condition like high blood pressure or whatever the case may be but because she had that life insurance policy in place now that liberty city family goes from being um in pork and beans project to now being able to afford a house a nice big house out in weston you know so that changes the lifestyle and the and, and the family culture almost overnight but we're not yeah. educated we're not properly uh, equipped with those type of tools and that knowledge to go ahead and move ahead, you know, like it's just totally different, you know. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest so, thing. Go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna add, just to end that. The biggest thing, one of the biggest um, catalysts <coughs> for this situation with George Floyd is that behind the scenes he was a good friend of uh, Stephen Jackson, right? right? So it's allowed other NBA athletes to support this cause I'm not saying they never did it right. before but now they have a direct right. emotional connection to it and right. that's helping us and and that's what i wanted to say is like 
right now what I like about the other races helping to protest is like we've seen this all our lives. We're black. We know we're not protected, but they're coming to our our side and our forefront, the good ones, and they're like aiding us. They're supporting us. They're, they're showing how important we are. Right. I'm done. I also heard that you know this was kind of planned, and it's just like a coincidence that you know it started off like with Minneapolis. It started off with the Twin Cities, and it has something to do with like Twin Twenty Twenty, like and then Trump being a Gemini. I don't know if they reaching, but I just find that interesting. Like oh, the, the conspiracy theories. Right, and then also something about like the Black Wall Street. It happened like ninety nine years ago, so like this is like the anniversary. Right, and then yeah. they haven't seen something as big as this since Rodney King. That was in nineteen ninety one. Correct. So there's just a lot going on with with that. Like, yeah, I'm not too big on those things. All I know is happening. Right, and I, I, feel- I, I yeah. but I do feel like. You know, just watching the video and how he didn't even like he didn't even move. He didn't like the guy just literally just like Mete Ajinu like just had his knees on the guy neck without moving. You have cameras on your face. You know, like even the Chinese dude, like you would think he would like stop recording like none of that. Like they did not care mm-hmm. at all. So it tells me that they are used to it. Like, right. yeah, absolutely. And they even said they don't understand how Derek was still a cop because this is not the first complaint. He has like sixteen wow. complaints. Wow. Like, why is he still in the force? Like, they're used to it. And then even today, this anonymous, I don't know, whatever, saying that like Minnesota, they've been doing this forever. Like, it's been like a hundred and ninety-three. Um police brutality Cases. like i guess i don't yeah wow. like within the past 10 years like this is normal to them mm-hmm. it's just that like the first time they have it on camera right mm-hmm. and normal that's what i was gonna say is like it looked normal like they're right. used to treating the guy didn't move he didn't move at I all i didn't watch it i never watched the video and yeah, then he had so his hand on his pocket chilling right waiting for the animal yeah, I, saw, I saw the picture though i was like wow nine minutes right like, like an animal like you just treated him like yeah no heart. no heart like so it's just it's scary and it's that's why i feel like all this is all this riot and everything protesting like major cities like atlanta la philadelphia chicago not even that. dallas hmm? invert like washington like what does that tell you we're fed up we're tired Right. This has to stop. The Washington Post actually just recently posted something that now this has gone to countries like Berlin, London. Yeah, I, did, I saw that. Yeah, in the UK. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not just the U.S. anymore. It's like outside, like, you know. They, but, they're scared we might stop making music. <laughs> oh yeah, because artists goes. Out yeah, they got easy. Yeah, you gotta know your work. <laughs> so my question is like. Okay, so thinking about the Martin Luther King Juniors and the Gandhis that did things the right way. Well, I don't want to say the right way, but the the peaceful way, right? Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. resulted in change. Yeah. Who would would be the the MLK and the the Gandhi of today to be able to do that? 
And that's the conversation that me and my husband also had. And he said, he said, maybe Jay-Z. <laughs> and I absolutely said, not. no, no, absolutely even not. Al Sharpner, he's trying. Oh, she I is. Seen Sharpner, Sharpner. You haven't seen him on the man's name. So he's been talking. <laughs> but how about, what do you guys think about Barack? No, no, that's not. Yeah, he's not. No. Here's, the thing. not Here's, the thing. Here's the thing, though. What we have to understand about that movement when you come, you talking about uh, Dr. King, mom, like if you like I've sat there and I read Dr. King's story from when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And the thing he came out of nowhere. The reason why the movement was so powerful is because it started from a grassroots level. So if you're looking at from somebody from the top to do something, uh, you nah. It has to start from grassroots. Like, mm. these guys were like, Dr. King, <clears throat> at that time, in his time growing up, he was nobody, right? He was no nobody knew who he was, but his dad was a Sunday preacher. He was a president of the NAACP chapter in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, what we talked about earlier, that modeling, right. he saw that, right? He saw that from his dad. And then from there, he dedicated his life to to be a part of the movement because at first he didn't really want anything to do with it Mm. but then he got into it once he got into it he was like okay let me go get my phd so every single move that he made it was to spark major change but he wasn't dr king the dr king that we knew or that we know he wasn't that guy he became that guy from starting from a grassroots level so to be honest if it's gonna start somewhere it gotta start from people like us right that's how it's gonna happen. I think people we're look. That's why, for me personally, and you know, this is like the real for like Jerry and I. We had a conversation in our group chat or whatever, and I talked to one of my other friends about it, talked to my wife about it. But I don't really share my thoughts on this because I know black people are gonna be very upset with me. So this is like the and very- we'll never agree. We'll never agree. Like we all cannot agree. We all gonna have different opinions. Of it's course, true. of course. And for me, I'm I'm just like we're looking at the wrong people to do something. Yeah. I feel like we're looking at the wrong people. I feel like we just need to be educated on wherever we are in our careers. Because actually, I sit back and I thought, like, you know, as a therapist, what can I do to impact the situation in a positive way? Because for me, I think that's more productive than going on Facebook, doing all these rants. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's more productive than wishing and hoping somebody else would do something i'm like god has given me gifts and abilities within myself so what can i do with what he's giving me to do something it may not be at a gigantic level but i know that i am contributing in some sort of way right and i think we all just shift the focus and be like okay what can we do so even the people who are protesting and stuff that's perfect you're doing what you think is the best thing to do within your power right that's good do it but it has to be an ongoing thing and it may not be in a form of protest but what can you do that's that's how that i don't I, when i entertainers i'm not looking for anybody to do anything i'm not right i don't think that's their job it'll be nice because they have that platform but and, that, and my expectation is very low on that right and then that that piggies backs off off of what I was explaining to Sandra in our group text is that for me, my role, I'm not a protester. I'm not a writer. John even knows. I told God's going to take me before persecution because that's just, I, I, I can't go to jail. 
uh, I, I just that's just not my that's just not me. You know what I'm trying to say? You know, I'd rather work on ridiculous. I'm just trying to say, I'm just I'd rather work on trying to solve the problem some other way. And even now we have this platform and we're we're trying to bring an educated um yet entertaining discussion about what's going on in our lives and that's how I see fit and how I could be uh, a a positive spark in the change and sometimes when we look to Obama, Jay-Z, some of these guys it's like we're asking them we're doing what Christ did to the rich young ruler and it's like are you can they are you are they willing to sacrifice everything they've worked hard for are, are we are we willing to sacrifice uh, everything I, we I, work I, for? I agree. So, and yeah. I feel like we don't ask ourselves that question. Exactly. That question. We go in and, and I told them. you yesterday when I said your house, I told you I said no, I don't know. <laughs> I know a lot, but I don't know if I'm willing to sacrifice because you. If I understand what it's going to take to make that change, I'm like, yo, I understand what Dr. King sacrifice had to go meaning to go out there and protest. No, 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 no. Deeper than that. No, no, no. It's it's, it's, it's much deeper than that. Like I said, the protest is. It's like sounding the alarm, right. right? But there are systematic things that need to transpire as far as collective groups. Like, let's take NAACP. I don't know what they're doing in this situation, but let's say you started NAACP and it's like every single month you're coming together, you're organizing something in order to either educate the community on what the issues are and then, you know, doing more walks, doing more protests, trying to go to the White House, understanding the law, um, doing protests where, you know, you don't shop, you don't buy, like, just organizing things on a consistent basis. And I'm, I'm saying, like, yo, when I see how they did it in the Civil Rights Movement, I'm like, man, I don't know if I wanted to do that because I'm putting my family in a place where it's like, yo, they burn this, they, they, they try to blow this man's house up. <laughs> And I'm like, right. and that's what I'm saying. I don't think people really understand that you may not have to do it on that level, but you're going to have to sacrifice something or some things in order to make long lasting change. Right. And though I love both Malcolm and Martin, Martin's way speaks more profoundly to me. Why? Because he did so much that Yo, we have a day, like we have a day for him. Right. And it just shows how impactful what he did, like how he went about doing things was. So I know people are upset. And I saw somebody today, they said, you know, I'm you know, I'm feeling Malcolm's way now more than I see uh uh Martin. feeling Martin's. And I'm like, that's cool. But if we're talking about real change, which way is going to actually work for the long haul. Because to be honest, for me, Martin just kind of started it. These guys, they just started it, mm-hmm. right? But it's still, we still got a long way to go. Oh, yeah. Obviously, as we see, we still got a long way to go. So, sure. I mean, if we got a president like Trump, barely even said anything. He just said, yeah, I saw the video. It's a sad situation. Why y'all bothering Trump? Because, unfortunately, he's your president. No, he's not. I didn't vote for him. Well, you should have voted. Oh, yeah, I hear, you, I hear. You. That's a that's that's a whole other conversation. Oh, okay, for real. Exactly. But uh, no, yeah, but, but like, you, we you, have we, a president like I, Trump. I understand so. your frustration, but we're looking. We keep looking outwards for the like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like stop. That's look, my thing. It's it's Trump. That's how, my how, thing. How are you gonna ask someone like Trump to care for something? That you feel so deeply about. He he has no he cared, experience. He cared more about the launch. 
than than this situation. Right. He's not black. He's not black. He, he, he didn't grow up. He didn't grow up poor. He didn't grow up like they paid for his education while we're paying for education. You know what okay, I'm here's, point that, here's, here's the point that I want to make. Jerry, you made a good point um, as far as like, you know, uh, stop looking for an outside source, you know, to solve the problem. And I think when we focus more on what we can do, then we get the attention of the outside source. Because Dr. King, remember, he was a Baptist preacher. That's all he was. He was a Baptist preacher, and he got the attention of the United States government where the president invited him to the White House to speak to him. But that's only because him and those guys were focusing on what they could do. Like, they educated themselves to the maximum. They understood the law from back and forth. They strategized marches and all these different things. Like, they knew, like, how many steps it was going to take to go from the church to the bus <laughs> stop. Like, they knew they knew exactly what they were doing. Like, these were smart black men who not just moved with a purpose because they were upset or because they wanted change, but they moved understanding that, hey, we have to have our ducks in order so that we, we can beat these guys at their own games. So we have to be able to focus on, okay, what can we do? That's what I'm saying. Like, I can't look. It's unfair for me to look to somebody else to try to do something. And I want to ask this question. How much power does the president really have for real? Because I, I don't really know. I heard he doesn't really have that much power as we think he does. But it's like with the, the House of Representatives, or I don't know, all this other stuff. Right. Like, not really too knowledgeable about all that, but. We're going to have to get anonymous on the podcast. And that's why I was saying before with the, you know, the chief. Of um, cheap up. Yeah, he don't even have the power to arrest the guy. Yeah, he don't have the power. That's crazy. He only has the power to fire them. Wow. He's the one that's who fired all four immediately. <laughs> that's wild. As far as that's arrest, crazy. That's he doesn't crazy. have the power. So I don't know who has the power. He's like, wow. Yeah, who does have the power? For I, 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 the, I know the they should be charged, attorney, but I can't. Oh, the prosecutor? She has to file charges, and then, then well. once she filed the charges, but you're gonna ask something, um, Ife? Um, well, I was just I was just gonna say that I think that just pertaining to to Trump, right? Like he he's white. Mm-hmm. And he's he's no, he's, he he's, he's orange. He's orange. Oh, that is that is true. Mm-hmm. He's orange and white in certain places. <laughs> but I, I do think that like a lot of people do do say, oh, like the president can do something. The president can do something. But at the same time, like this, this is a black matter. And I think it's, this, this may not be, you know, to, to the liking of many people, but don't at the same time, don't I don't think, I don't think that we can, it's fair to expect him to connect deeply to something like this. I mean, we already know he shows his true color, right? Because he doesn't like, he, he all doesn't the time. You know what I'm saying? So for him to, for people to be like, oh, the president this, the president that. Did you see his, his, did you saw his tweet when he said, when they start looting, start shooting? Oh, yes, I looted. Yeah, I did see that. Oh, we already, he showed his true colors. He don't sugarcoat shit, like. What he said about the, um, the stimulus check, the part two. We're not, we ain't gonna get no, look, Target is burnt down. We are not. Going, they gonna use that money to build another target. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we are not getting a stimulus check. So just applying. I can use, I can use that stimulus check. I can check, use bro. that. I can yeah, use no, they're gonna build another target and use the rest of the money for the people who can't work anymore because uh-huh. half of these 
places are burnt down. Almost there, almost there. Well, um, let's move right into like our main topic, and I, I, you know, one of the reasons I, I wanted felt to like bring, this is the main topic. It was the main topic, real, right? This is the main topic. Right? <laughs> you know, it definitely is, but um, it it's is. a good segue into why you know I wanted to bring Ifa on the show. Uh, was just to talk about you know her relationship, a little bit of um, some of the struggles and some of the successes she's had from actually you know being part of an interracial relationship and then now an interracial marriage um so like how did you meet your now husband and how was it that first thanksgiving dinner when you brought <laughs> to the family <laughs> uh so we met at church okay praise um, the lord hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> i didn't like him at first he was very disrespectful oh um yeah he just he was very like standoffish he's an introvert i'm an extrovert like Mm -hmm. i get excited to be around people and he's like you're doing too much so (laughs) 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 so it took some time you know to for for us to get to know each other but um we dated um a little bit over four years and got married um this december will make five years um congrats thank you um as far as our so i'll talk about just even pertaining to the first main topic that we had Mm -hmm. um just dating him um was definitely hard at first i even had to to even decide if i was ready to do that because one before him i only dated two other guys and they were both black so that was never a problem or someone didn't have to, you know, take a second look because we're both the same color. But now going into a relationship with someone that isn't, you know, the same color as you, race, ethnicity, whatever, um, that that was a big deal. And, and even, I mean, in the Nigerian culture, that is a huge deal. You know, my... Um, right, you guys don't usually eat uncooked meat. So... <laughs> so you know that that isn't i mean i think times are slowly changing now but that was definitely raised i have a friend that's ghanaian and that's the thing like he's ghanaian and they don't really marry outside their culture and i know he liked the girl that was not ghanaian she was actually haitian and he was like man i can't bring this girl home it ain't happening and that's black on black right yeah exactly yeah yeah so the nigerian i mean you know nigerians as haitians and and other black cultures they're very proud of who they are and and so that's that was huge just like even thinking will there be any sort of backlash you know if Mm. if i was not not even necessarily from other people but from the people that i cared about which was my family you know and so even having a conversation with them and again gratefully like speaking growing up in different countries where there were you know we were the minority for them they were like if if that's your preference then you know do you mm-hmm. but I, I do remember on many different occasions when we would go out um i'll never forget one day we went to olive garden to eat um this is when we were dating and a white lady was um was leaving and um she's like she's like no i i got it let me get the door for you guys so she opened the door to um to let my husband 
to let my boyfriend at the time, um, TJ is his name, so I'll just use him. So she she let TJ in, and then she shut the door so that I can open the door myself. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. So you know that was I was I was so taken back because I'm like I, I was just confused. I was like, oh. she was angry. You see y'all together? Yeah, I was like, she was what angry, happened? man, because you should not be with her kind. She was upset, right? And yeah. and it was just so weird to me because I'm like, I don't. What is the problem? <laughs> for me, I, I didn't see that as a thing, right? But for a lot of other people, there was a thing. You know, we we would go to the mall, and and I would get stares, or people would ask me like, "Oh, is that your friend?" And if I mm. said it was my boyfriend, they'll be, you know, they would kind of step back a little bit, like, "What's going on?" kind of thing. And and it was, yeah, it was it was it was very interesting to yeah, say the least. And even some people, huh? No, I was gonna say they're lucky COVID wasn't around because you could just cough on them. <laughs> Straight up, sneeze on, sneeze on that hoop. Yeah, so I think even even before we started dating, when you know we were we were just talking as friends, like people were not interested in us being together. And he told me that, you know, yeah. and I was like, wow, like just from the two different cultures, you know, they're like, oh well, you know, there could be a lot of possible ways to clash, but we're like, all right, let's. Make it work. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm not gonna lie, man. It took me a long time to get used to a black woman be with a white man. I used to feel so upset. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. You felt betrayed. Yeah, man. I was like, yo, what the? I don't know. It's just, it was, it, you know, it was a nigga in me. It's like, <laughs> I mean, like, yo, what? What? We not good enough? Like, what's what's going on? You know, I, I was ignorant. You know. Right. Yeah, it's funny you say that because even like my my black guy friends, I would tell like I would be upset when they would date only Hispanic or only white women. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, have you seen what, the, what is Bell draft? Look at the karma. It was looking like straight up Ario commercial. <laughs> but it would get me upset because I'm like, what 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 is wrong with us mm-hmm. you know like i felt like there was something wrong with black women because a lot of times even their mama i'm sorry yes. and you should see their mama right and even conversations that i would have with them like what what is it as to why you don't want to date within your race and say, white women of, don't give no pressure black women give pressure white women don't give no pressure yeah it, the, the, the thing that upset me was no, just that no, there were, until you divorce them there was just a lot of like generalized stereotypical thing yeah, yeah, yeah. black women mm-hmm. and that's what upset me the most because it's like oh all black women are loud all black women are ghetto all black women you know wear fake red bottoms all black like all like there was just <laughs> fake red bottoms <laughs> so many different like random stereotypes to uh, what a black woman was and i'm like that's not who i am like what mm-hmm. i'm confused but um yeah that's it's interesting for sure. Um, what I would say is, um, what I did want to ask was, how was his family acceptance of you? Like, how, what did you, like that first time, were you trying to read their reactions? Were you like calling your friend like, hey, I'm about to go over there just in case I need you, you know, man, it might need some backup. Like, what, Yeah, like, was it like, get out? Yeah, you know, was it the tea, you know, stirring? Like, what was it? Yeah, um, it was... It, it was surprisingly very comforting 
because his mom is Dominican and they have black people in their family. And so at least for her side, you know, she, she, she's a mother. She, you know, was very welcoming, um, comforting, wanted to make sure that I was okay. And his dad is like an introvert and quiet and he's the Italian one, but you know, like there wasn't, there wasn't much, there wasn't anything that I felt, um, I didn't feel unwanted. Okay. Yeah, it was it wasn't awkward or anything like that. So, yeah, I was I was definitely grateful for that. I think if anything, things like situations like what we were recently talking about has brought up about a lot of good conversation because even today, talking to my father in law, he was, you know, he was just sharing like his thoughts on everything, and it was interesting because he was saying that like as a as a white man that grew up in Brooklyn, but you know, in, in the good part of Brooklyn and my parents being racist, like they, they, they didn't say like, Oh, go outside of your race to, to see that there could be something different that you could learn from. Right. So he was even stating that a, a lot of the black people that he saw were trying to get something out of him. So automatically mm. for him, it was all black people just want something from me. Mm. Any Hispanics that he saw, all of them are loud and annoying. So mm. that was, Pretty that was, <laughs> that was what he thought of black and Hispanics, you know, and, and now he's married to a Hispanic and it's so different. And so for him, he, he, his perspective has changed so much because he's been able to be around different cultures a lot more right and he even one thing that was so interesting that he said was that he's like you know in today's day and age i'm embarrassed of being white mm. because oh. of, just because of sandra you know, like that she like that, sandra like that. <laughs> i i'm blocking every white person that's in my dm trying to holler like I might accept the sugar daddy ones. You know? sugar daddy. But you to tell your father in law, you know, like for him not to feel so embarrassed, all he has to do is add black pepper and salt to his meals. And <laughs> like if he delivers the message to all his friends, it might be a place for him. He's a bomb cook. Oh, okay. Ooh. Cook some Italian food. Correct. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. But you know, I want to talk about that too. Like you know, you talk about your father-in-law and stuff. Like feeling embarrassed. I have a couple of white friends, and they're older too, like forties, uh, late forties. And I know speaking to them about it, mm-hmm. or them talking to me, like they're very uncomfortable. I know we keep putting pressure on white people to stand up for us and say something, this and that, and that which will be nice. But then again, for me, that's my philosophy. I don't expect anybody to fight my battles. You know, yeah. uh, I'm gonna do it myself if it's if it comes to that. Um, and they're just very. They don't know what to say or do. Like they're very like nervous. Like, mm-hmm. and they know like, dang, this is not right. Right. But they're like stuck. They're stuck. Like they're like don't know. And as I'm talking to one of my friends and one of my white friends, and he's like. Um, talking to me about it and he was like you know I just want to make sure that you're okay is your family okay like what are you guys thinking like he's really trying to get a pulse out of the situation and I'm mm-hmm. like he he's they're like he and he grew up poor so he kind of understands like the black struggle because he grew up dirt poor right. but it's like at the end of the day he knows he's still white so he's good <laughs> you know what I'm saying and it's like I feel for him I'm like dang like because he doesn't want to make it seem as if like Yo, he's not standing for it. 
but at the same time, he doesn't feel as if he's like knowledgeable enough to really put his foot out there to like say something. It's like, yo, I'm not Bernie Sanders. I don't know what the heck is going on. Like, right. you know what I mean? So, is I think we gotta kind of be a little bit more empathetic towards the white people who don't really know what to do. Like, for sure, they're kind of like you know. It's, it's, it's tough, man. I think it's tough all around for good. I think general for good people, it's tough all around. But specifically, specifically for black people. For sure. Yeah. Because even my husband was asking, like, how do I? Because a lot of his coworkers are are black, so he's like, how do I have healthy conversations? Yeah, that's a that's a tough place to be, man. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is that he's he him also he's never been one to, you know, be like, oh, because you're this or that, hence you know, he's married to a black woman, but mm-hmm. he, he wants to be able to, to be sensitive to that. Right. So mm-hmm. he, he's even asked like, how, how, wh- what are the right words to say, to have healthy conversations with black people mm-hmm. on this topic? Because yes, I will never be able to connect in that way, but I right. want to be able to understand and have some sympathy. And I think that yeah. that is so important, you know, because right now I feel like white people are categorized as one person right. or one thing. Right. Police we, are we, always, we always do that. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, yeah. but that's not fair because that's, that's right. not the truth. Right. right exactly. like, how do we, right. how do we convey the truth and still be sensitive to, to others? Yeah. Okay. This just, just remind me also back to my free smoke, the, the bird watcher, which his name is, I believe like Christian, or Christopher Cooper, he was just walking down the park and he saw a lady with a dog unleashed. Oh, yes, yes. That's also another my free smoke because she literally like lying while she's getting, you know, being recorded talking about I'm going to call the cops say, saying that you're going to you're threatening me just because he said, can you please put your um your leash on, on dog. your dog? Right. And for her to actually call, oh my God, an African American is threatening my life. Like that was so uncalled for, for sure. and I'm so glad that they fired her ass. <laughs> you know, they, they searched her on LinkedIn and they fired her ass. I'm happy because she deserved it. Yeah. And she uh, want to apologize. And he no, was you, you, the apology is not sincere. You're doing that right. because you got caught. You want to apologize. You got caught. He, right now, he's being, you know, all graceful and like, it's okay, whatever. You know, I was just doing what I had to do because he's a bird watcher. And I guess, you know, that's why they asked um, for the pets to be leached because there's a lot of birds around oh, and the okay. animal always attacking the birds. Uh, well. So that's one of the reasons why it's mandatory. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. So I think her name was Karen. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm all, glad. All angry white people are called. Right now, yeah, yeah that's a new name, right? Right. <laughs> we just talking about journalism. But imagine, my thing is, imagine I'm talking about really, all white people. This guy. Sue me. Imagine if the police really came. Who knows what would happen? Right. To that. Because you know how it is. Once they say African American, uh, you know, threaten or attack or, it's like, they would have came uh, right away. Yeah. Guns yeah. Blazing. Definitely. And and one thing stood out to me was uh, one of my good friends. He told me today he was like having that conversation with other white people. He was trying to say like, we get it. Like, we're all we all wake up feeling blessed that we woke up for the day but being black you're really not promised to survive the day so you you walk around with this fear like man i really hope i make it home tonight 
and then tomorrow we relive this this right. uh, twilight zone that we're living in. Um, and even even as f- for females, like look at Brianna Taylor. Oh my yeah. god, she even got killed. You get what I'm saying? So it's just it's not black men; it's black women as well too. Correct. Like, Correct. We need y'all as much as y'all need us, for sure. Well, with that being said, uh, Ife, do you have some type of wisdom, Nigerian, Japan, Japanese, Brazilian wisdom that you could share with us? Something that maybe your parents or someone older said that didn't make sense at the time, but now makes sense now that you're so wise. Um, wise, really? <laughs> I know, right? Like I'm old. One thing um, my mom always used to say is, vai fazer e depois você vai agradecer. Okay. So in Portuguese, to translate, that's Portuguese. So to translate, it means go do it and later on you will thank me. Oh, okay. I like that. And so she would say that a lot when I would question her. I'm like, why do you have me in the kitchen with you? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to know how to cook. Just leave me alone. Like, you know, if, if, if she wanted me to cook with her, if, um, I was, if she asked me to put my clothes away, I'm like, I don't want to do it right now. Like I was just always questioning why she wanted me to do certain things at the time that I was doing it. And then, you know, growing up being a woman now being married, there's a lot of things that I'm like, wow, like, these habits are naturally coming in because these are things that my mom instilled in me, but I didn't even realize it. Mm. And so, you know, I, when we talk, I'm like, I, I got you. I got you. I, I get it now. I get it. So I appreciate it. Look at and you. how many languages you speak? Just three. Oh, just three. Just, oh, just, okay. Oh, okay. Well, because everyone else in my family speaks like five or six. Oh, so yeah, six. yeah, I'm like the, me. Okay. So, like, what language did you... Okay, when you were in Japan, what language did you speak? English. So, okay, so my family lived in Japan for three years, but after I was born, two months later, we moved to Brazil. So, in Brazil, I grew up learning Portuguese and English at the same time. Okay. Yeah. And then when I came here, I learned Spanish because it's very similar to Portuguese. Oh, okay, so you don't speak like Nigerian. What's the actual name for? Yeah. Well, there's many different dialects, but the but the um, dialect that my family speaks is Yoruba. Okay. So I know like basic like Koro, okay. Good morning, you know things like that. But um, yeah, I definitely that's that's one of the things that I I, I want to work on is learning my native language. Oh, so number four. Right. Okay. Next project. Nice. She knows Spanish <laughs> too. Just one of those other things she knows, you know. Definitely. Well, we want to definitely thank you guys for joining us. Um, so that that's it. That's what you mean. That's it. You want to do more? Episode twenty. No, I'm just saying episode twenty five. Like episode twenty. That's it. You got anything? Any closing notes? Any closing remarks? No, I mean, uh, June. Hopefully, I'm praying June will be a better month. But I don't know. I don't know, because it seemed like every month, you know what I'm saying? I've been saying the same thing. Like, okay, I think it's going to be a, a great month, and then boom. You know what I'm saying? So, right. June, please, like, simmer down. Right. <laughs> I don't need... 20, boy. This is just too much. We will never forget We're entering month six. 
of 2020 and like we had three years in this like <laughs> for real this has been the longest year ever <laughs> i ain't gonna lie it has been for real i'm i'm ready for 2021 um so i just i just pray that june can be a little better better than may for sure okay. mm. john Preach. any closing remarks um nah man you guys just stay safe out there um don't leave with your anger be with your intellect man just learn as much as you can awesome. figure out how you can make a difference we're going we gonna to have a summer this summer? No. I, I mean, if, I don't know if the quarantine going to let that happen, though. I mean, hundreds of people no gathered together. There was no, no social distance at all, okay? When two but weeks. nobody got COVID? Nobody got COVID well, from We got to wait two weeks. We got to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to get tested. The Your numbers going to be sky high. <laughs> I, went, I finally went out to eat. Right. Yesterday, for the first time, this place is open. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I went okay. to yard house. It was packed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hella packed. I mean, and yeah, I was eating outside. Nobody was wearing their mask. It felt regular. Wait, honestly. Wearing the mask? No, outside. When you're eating outside, you don't have to um, wear the mask. I was in a patio, so no. I'm saying the the waiters and waitresses. They weren't. Oh yeah, they did. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, okay. they did. Okay. Cool. So I mean, you know how they have their wrap. Um, I guess with the utensil, they yeah. just give you actual napkins mm-hmm. and like plastic silverware. So, oh, okay. yeah. Interesting. So it was, that, that was like, I feel like that was the only like difference. Okay. But other than that, I felt great to eat out. So, yeah, that's a lost, the lost art there. Ethan, right. Any uh, closing <laughs> remarks? No. Um, I mean, thank you for having me. This was great conversation. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and especially for the closing of you guys' twenty fifth episode. Yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah, for real, it's it's exciting, and and I'm excited to see what y'all got cooking up for the second half of twenty twenty. Yeah, for sure, yeah. we survive. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna survive. We're gonna yeah, make it for sure. And this yeah. this was definitely a, a great first season. Um, I appreciate all the love that we had for each and every episode, every guest we had. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I never thought Mr. Where the Booty at would be here right now. Uh, but we made it through, and um, it's all love. I, I love the challenge and the new beginnings that, that we've uh, been able to establish. 2020 has been a great year for me, even though we've had so much turmoil. But it's definitely yeah. been a great year, you know? So I, I can't complain, you know? Much blessings, much blessings, you know? With that being said, you know, I'm going to try to leave with some positivity. You know what I'm saying? A little Tupac. Not no Jay-Z, a little Tupac. That's just the way it is. sure. Thanks for joining. Please comment, subscribe, listen. Let us know what you think. It's like worth living Come on, come on, come 
Okay, good. That's just the way it is.